1: wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here, a warthog in the manly warthog man cave. As only man cave manly, as you know, is the warthog man cave. We are in the piney woods of north central Florida, God's country. In the Melton Law studio, Melton Law, the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Gators. Big community involvement by Jeffrey Meldon. And we're protected 24-7, 365, as you know, by crime prevention with John Pastore and Randy Elrad. Always protect yourself locally. Great people, great supporters of the show. And, of course, take a look at our sponsors on our construction, Poser Medical Shoot GTR uh, Get your ears set out at, uh, of course, Style Cuts. Uh, Get your insurance from none other than Judy Lucasio with Allstate. These are people who are involved with the community because they're involved with us. And we are, of course, a community forum. You may not always like what you hear, but you always have the opportunity to put your two cents in if you so wish. We are all about helping you be a better citizen. we got a special show today, a very special show that I'm really honored for the Ward Scott Files to be part of. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, a real significant event that's about to come up that really has kind of been under the radar up until now, so we're going to help spread the word. And you may, of course, take this show and share it on your network, share it among the people that you communicate with. You can always do that. We have Mindy O'Sullivan with us today. Who is going to talk with us for a while? Good morning, Mindy. She's looking good, good here. Um, <laughs> she is uh, going to enjoy her coffees. I'm enjoying mine. I've got my Gator cup today. Uh, <laughs> Thank so, you. So, and uh, uh, Mindy and I, have, uh, of course, Mindy is married to uh, the baseball coach. And so naturally, that's a Gator. And <laughs> we've got a lot of Gator activities going on as well. But uh, Mindy, welcome to Ward Scott Files. I'm going to let you explain why you're here and uh, where we're going with what you're going to talk about. So take off. (laughs) All right.
0: First of all, thank you so much for having me. This means a lot to me and taking the time to, you know, have me on your show. And good morning to everyone. Um, I lost my boys in a murder-suicide on May 4th, 2021. And, you know, when you drop them off at school, that day, you never think that's the last time you're gonna see them. So um I kind of went numb for a couple of days and decided there was two options that you could do. You could either give up on life, right? Or you could make something out of it and, you know, fight to have a purpose for the rest of it. So it didn't take me but a couple of days and a lot of friends gathered around me to start the Rex and Birdie Foundation. They Rex was fourteen and Brody was eleven. Now they were very involved in sports, every sport: basketball, baseball, football, golf. Huge fishermen. Um. And but they, as the years went on, toward of sort of gravitated towards baseball. So I started the Rex and Brody Foundation, and to help kids in the community that otherwise would not be able to play the sport, and um. And we've really focused the last 18 months on facility upgrades, which is, you know, all, they're very, very expensive, but we've poured a lot of money into that. We um, have done. Uh, uh, we just did Diamond Sports Park, where all the public school, middle school softball and baseball play- teams play just added new batting cages out there, which actually I wouldn't even say new because there was no existing ones. Um, They're, you know, brand new. We redid all the turf for the batting cages at Newberry High School this year and provided that. We have a huge donation going into Buholtz High School that's going to, they're in the process of um, redoing their whole entire baseball field. We provided jerseys for GHS, you know, Gainesville High School teams. And then I think the thing that, mo- that is most important to me is that we are sponsoring every level and every age group of middle. I mean, from eight year olds to high school teams that, you know, need them that extra push and they don't have money to actually perform you know, perform at this level and um, from, and softball. We also sponsored a a middle school girls basketball team this, you know, year. And I think that it just, it gives me so much joy and pleasure to like be, you know, back on the field and helping children. And um, we also which is very, very dear to my heart, is that there is a tournament at Cooperstown Dreams Park in Cooperstown, Uh New York, where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. And both my boys were lucky enough to go there in um, 2017. Yeah, I think it was 2017. It may, may have been 2019. No, but they... Rex went as a 12 year old and they stay in barracks with their teammates and they play with a hundred other teams from all over the country. They pin trade and people would say, you know, you drop them off as a child and then you pick them up as an adult. And I thought, well, what the heck does that mean? Like, there's no way. Um, And it happened. They grow, they meet people from all over the country. They become friends with. And to this, I mean, They lived an amazing life, right? And up until the day they died, you could ask them what the best week was and they would say going to Cooperstown. So that is what the foundation has provided for the last two years is sending 12 to 14 kids and two to three coaches fully paid to go to, it's very expensive. You know, it's a week long tournament and you have to pay for flights and it's $1,800 a player per week. And so- That is something that was very, very close and dear to my boys. And we have been able to do that the last two years, Um, you know, and that it's just it's an awesome experience. We tour the Hall of Fame. I mean, you're spending Fourth of July and, you know, the where baseball started. And so it's really near and dear to my heart. But that's one thing that I really have enjoyed and I hope to do forever. So I just
1: sent Zach, I just sent uh, you a uh, three images. Maybe uh, um, I'm talking to production right now, Mindy, to see if they got them, the ones we want to promote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let's put them up if we can, please, sir. And let the audience see them. Um, these are the advertisements for. It'll, it'll be up in a second, Mindy. He's uh, putting them up. Okay. I just sent them to him. Um, They're also posted on Facebook on both the Words God Follows podcast and my personal page. And um, this is really what we're about promoting. The date is at the end of the month, right? Right. So
0: we have a one time we have. We do. So we do a, a, a one fundraiser a year. And last year it was on the boys anniversary of their death. In the spring, and it was just so busy with baseball season, and everything. So we moved it this year. So it's going to be on September 29th. It is at Touchdown Terrace. There are dips, several sponsorship levels that you can go to either brexandbrody.com um, and donate. Or if you would like to become a corporate sponsor, sponsor there's tons of benefits to that. Um, if you want to just make a donation, we, the website is very informative. We also have a Facebook page, the Rex and Brody foundation and an Instagram page that we post, you know, probably a couple times a week of where the money's going and what we're doing. So this is our one ask, right? This is our one big fundraiser that hopefully carries us through so we can make all of the improvements and sponsorships and everything. So it's our one big event. Um, it's got entertainment. It's got silent auctions, live auctions. It's catered by Blue Water Bay, which is amazing. We have um, cocktail hour for any VIP sponsors. It's it's a lot of fun. I mean, last year it was a blast and it's all for a good cause. It's, you know, and and, you know, as long as I'm here, I'm going to keep working for all these kids all over the place and hope to make an impact on thousands of kids' lives. Well, so, we got some
1: people in Atlanta who are watching and who are former Gators. They live in Atlanta now. Okay. And um, missed the beginning of the show and wanted to know more about Rex and Brody. Do you feel like okay. about that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. So they... Like I said earlier, um, I lost both of them in a uh, uh, murder suicide on May fourth, twenty twenty one, and I from that, you know, I had to make a decision what to do with the rest of my life, and pretty much immediately, I, with the help of a lot of friends, started the Rex and Brody Foundation, and it's been really successful. And we've helped a lot of people, a lot of people. I mean, we sent a team to Omaha this year, actually the week that we were in Omaha, they were playing in Omaha. So I got to go watch them 13 year olds. Um, And it's just, it, it keeps me around the sport. It keeps me around children. It keeps me helping. I was such a hands-on mom that they never went to a batting practice without me or a lesson so, I mean, when May 4th happened, my life just came to like a screeching halt. So it keeps me involved and helping, you know, the game that the, the sport that they loved and that I loved. I mean, I was a crazy baseball mom that loved it just as much as they did. Um, so. That's what you're
1: doing is turning a negative into a positive for my
0: friends. Right. And,
1: uh-huh. Exactly. And. Um, they did not know the story. Let's see. Uh, um Uh, So, you know, that's on the chat line. So if you don't know the story, you can go back and Google it and research it. It's a pretty profound story in the community. Mm -hmm. And what uh, Mindy's doing is turning this into really the only thing you can do, uh, I suppose, in these kind of situations is either let it overwhelm you or get by the neck and uh, make a positive out of it. Right. 2021 and 2023, so you've had how many uh fundraisers have you had one so, two? we yeah.
0: did one on last on um we did one in may of 2022 and it was on the anniversary of their death and it was very successful we also, and then then we it was so busy in the spring because you know the spring's busy there's a lot of fundraisers so we moved it this year to september 29th which is in away it's on a Friday night before we play Kentucky away in football. Um, but it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. We also put on a U triple S a baseball tournament in May. This is the second year we've done it. And we've had over a hundred teams come to our little, you know, small community of Newberry Jonesville, Lake city, from all over the Southeast that come to participate in the Rex and Brody tournament. And under, other than that, you know, unless, you know, people are randomly making donations or hearing about the story, we don't ask. So this is our one big fundraiser that allows us to do everything that we hope and dream to do. So it's a big one.
1: So we have got the on the. Uh, Word Scott Files personal page on the Word Scott Files podcast, mm-hmm. we have the information that our production people just put up on the screen. Mm-hmm. And um, this event is a positive from a negative. And mm-hmm. re- how much money have you have you really? All of a sudden, did it surprise you the response? Uh,
0: I mean, it has. And yeah. I, know, I also, I'm asking how
1: people have reacted to this. Yeah.
0: Oh, I think. I mean, I think that mm-hmm. at first it was probably. You know, when we first started it, a lot of it was probably sympathy donations, you know, and saying like, you know, and but now we have proof of where all the money has gone and that we continue to work every single day. I actually forgot to even mention that there's a huge building going up in Jonesville Park that um, is called the Rex and Brody Training Facility. Really? Yeah. Let's talk about that. You kept that a secret. It is huge. I, I can't believe I forgot that. So the um Brian and Amber Crawford and their family helped put it, it together. And so my boys trained out there. It's a you know, it, it's alone owned by Alachua County, and they had batting lessons there in July at four in the afternoon when it's just you know, hot. It you know. So this is a huge building that's gonna have fans, electricity, it's gonna have a uh, option to either have four bullpens or four batting cages. We're going to have sliding nets. So it's going to enhance. So in July, and you can even do it in the rain when, you know, think about how many lessons are canceled due to weather in this, you know, in Gainesville, it's got, it's got sides a quarter of the way down. So the rain would be blocked in and it is massive. If you drive out to Jonesville park, you can see it from, you know, as soon as you pull in there and, you know, gator is based out of there and they've helped a lot. And the boys played for gator ball for some, sh- you know, period of time. But it will ha- and it'll be there longer than you and I are here. I mean, it's a huge structure. Right. right. So, I mean, we're trying as hard as we can to help as many people as possible. <laughs> so go, going back to your original question, is that. I think once people started seeing where the money was going, then they know that, you know, we're legit and heartfelt and want driven and want, you know, to do as much as we possibly can. But in order for us to do that, we have to have donations. And, you know, this one event means a lot to us on September 29th.
1: (laughs) The Ward Scott Files is helping make this a uh, public awareness of this. And you are, of course, uh, checking in here. And you may do a little help with us on this. Spread it among your network and yep. donate to it. It's a very worthy cause because um, what kid is not a dreamer of being, right. uh, you know, a significant athlete? Um, right. And 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 towards the end of the show, we're going, to, of course, uh, in Mindy's interview here. We, we're going to we're <laughs> going to alert you to what we're all going to be doing at three o'clock today. But we won't right. get to that just yet. Well, I'll get on about another. Uh, right three, four minutes before we get to that, Mindy, but uh, there's a huge event going on, an international event, really, uh, international stage, which we'll talk about in a moment. But yep. that all started here um, in, the, in the Buholtz High School.
0: know High School, school
1: system. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah. What you're now talking about, um, encouraging, is the localized networks. You know, I watched um, on television the other day um, the, the World Series of the 12-year-olds. right. Oh, my golly. Those people, those kids are phenomenal. It's so much fun. They are phenomenal.
0: It is so much fun. And, and that's, that's the, an international World Series. And it
1: really its a World Series. World Series. It's not like our World Series. Mm-hmm. It's a, in baseball, you know, the major leagues, it's yeah. a World Series. Talk about that for a moment, how that works.
0: Well, it's amazing. And what i I, I think I originally said, you know, after everything happened is that – you know, I fell in love with baseball through my boys. Rex was quieter and I sh- i mean, and, you know, was a little bit insecure when he was younger. And I, you know, I think sports at any level, any sport for children, you can do nothing but benefit from it because, you know, they I and I watched him blossom and he was a pitcher into this big, huge, strong, confident 14 year old that, you know, had. He wanted to conquer the world. And that I think was brought on by amazing coaches and teammates and this, you know, family atmosphere that every team provides. And and Brody was the younger one who just came out of the womb with confidence but was small and he in statue and he felt like he was six feet tall and you know and he played with so much enthusiasm and it was so much fun. So to watch these twelve-year-olds, I know. How hard they work, I mean, there wasn't a day that these my boys took off, and these twelve year olds at the College World Series or at Cooperstown or anywhere I mean, I would wake up at two in the morning and my boys would have their boom box in the garage, hitting off a tee into a bow net just with a video camera correcting every single swing and that's what takes i mean you watched it I mean for these people to these little twelve year olds to be that good. It takes so much drive and work, and I think you know. And I think that work ethic that they get from sports, no matter what sport it is, it rides on for the rest of their life. In the business world, you know, in college, I mean, it's it, I, I can't say enough about you know what sports positive things. What sports does for children? So yeah, we watched it. It was fun. Well, you know, I was
1: a pitcher in high school, and and. um our coach was a, a scout for the Cincinnati Reds,
0: uh-huh.
1: and uh, I, I was – this was in Ohio where I was on the team, and uh, we played the summer ball, um, and uh, I remember dragging my brother out to the to the uh, uh, baseball field on the weekends and making yeah. him catch me, <laughs> yep. and he was younger than I was, and he never could handle the curve, oh. and, I thought that curve, he hated that curve, yeah. but uh, I know how important it was to have a a brother uh, that I could drag around who was younger and, and, and have him do things.
0: Right. And, and you know, when my I mean, boys, yeah, yeah, Brody became, Brody could hang with 14 year olds because that's what he was used to. You know, I mean, I used to tell them like every other child is on an iPad or watching movies and it's pouring down rain and y'all are out playing wiffle ball. And they're like, of course, or playing. they you know a three point you know basketball game, you know, a shootout or whatever. You know, like I'm like, why can't y'all just sit down for a minute? But they were always together outside, and they were so competitive. No, they would time each other who you know could take the trash can out faster. You know, I mean, everything was a competition with them. And so, I mean, I get what you're saying. It, they had. Well, you brought up a, you brought
1: up a memory: of wiffle ball. Oh right. my golly. We had yes. in our backyard a whole wiffle ball diamond, if you will. Yep. And uh, all the kids in the neighborhood would, you know, come back there. And my, my father put up floodlights and everything. Yep. Oh, so yeah. We play, yeah, we could play at night.
0: And, and they uh, killed the grass and, like, a diamond and where the pitcher yeah, yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, the gra- we never had perfect We'd grass. whack
1: that wiffle ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we couldn't pitch it much, but you can darn sure whack it.
0: So and, they had a rule that once you – turn I think it was 10 or 11 you had to start batting from the other side so you know they started batting they were both right-handed hitters and they started batting from the left side because the ball would go too far and then at the, some point their swing gets good enough on the left side that it's just we're losing wiffle balls right and left so we <laughs> <forgotten laughs> all about forgiving neighbors we <laughs> all about wiffle ball
1: till you brought it up
0: yeah it's um, fun
1: uh, you know we you know all the kids would come out and and, you know, there were different ages and sizes, which you're alluding to. Right. Uh, yeah. you didn't have, we didn't have an age, wiffle ball neighborhood right. uh, deal. We had, you know, come on out and help it wha- and, you know help us whack the ball. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, um, it, was, it was, you know, I don't know what I would have done had I not had. My mother was a, a physical education major and we got the first letter, one of the first letters women got in the Big Ten. She was a soccer mm-hmm. player. In 1934, she got the major eye in Big Ten soccer. And um, she was a tremendous athlete. And I think back on, she lived up to be 107 and a half. Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I, we always credited her commitment to physical training to being a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just the way she was brought up, playing all the sports. But the Big Ten was ahead of everybody else probably then and that they did. Uh, have a lot of women 's sports and played each other of course in the leagues but um so we it was always and then she taught b e after she got out of college to the uh, uh at the high school there it 's a long story because you know the, the war broke out, and oh. you know my father went to the pacific theater and the women were all home alone i mean they had to they had to take up the you know the the, the world and they didn't know if the men were coming back and all that. So um, those times fascinate me. That she was born three months after the Titanic sank. Oh my god! Can you believe it? Isn't that something? Um, but it makes me think every time I hear physical activity and kids going to, you know, we were sent to these baseball camps and uh, we were even sent to canoe camps. Right. We went to a canoe camp in the Upper Peninsula of of uh, Michigan and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that was an experience because uh, we camped out for two weeks. I mean, we didn't we didn't live in you know comfort. The creature comfort. It was right. uh, it was pretty rugged. We were being trained to be I don't know what, but whatever it was, it worked.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So I- we're talking about the uh, Rex and Brody Foundation. We're I- talking about a fundraiser coming up at Touchdown Terrace. And okay. uh, if you're not familiar with where that is, and you're watching about a town. It's uh, at the end zone. Of the yep. Gator Stadium. Real nice facility. A lot of nice events there. I've been yep. there a lot of them myself. And we um, want to hit that one more time with the gala information now on the screen. Uh, you may contribute. Let's make it easy and tell them how they contribute.
0: So I think you could, the easiest way to probably do it is to go to com, And we have a whole website and there's a, a, block that you can say donate or they say sponsorship info. So if you actually want to purchase tickets or do corporate sponsors, you go to sponsorship info. And then if you want to just donate for a good cause, you can go to donate and just donate any amount of money. But it's, um, it's a lot of fun. But like I said, it's our one ask really for the year. And um, it was very successful last year. And it's a lot of fun. It's good food. There's live music and entertainment. And it's a good crowd. You know, it's 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 something that I'm proud of putting together. And I hope it continues to be successful for years to come. And I will work as hard as I can to keep this foundation going and, you know, helping as many people as possible that I can.
1: <laughs> well, you know, we're talking and we've already got people saying they're going to donate. So we're, our program Thank is you. helping you. Thank um, you. I was thinking uh, about, of course, what we're going to see at 3 o'clock, and that's Ben Shelton. He's right. 20. He must have been about the age of your oldest.
0: Well, so Rex would have been 16 right now.
1: Oh, he would have so been, okay. He, yeah. mm-hmm. they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have known each other then. Right, but, right. yeah. But um, in case you wonder what we're talking about, Ben Shelton is our local kid who is playing on the biggest stage in tennis in the world this afternoon against He's the number one up really player.
0: late the other night watching. Yeah. That, was, that was past my bedtime, but I oh, still missed so much.
1: And uh, uh, he's playing against the number one, arguably now that veteran Adal have retired. Um, well, we know Adal is going to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's probably the best tennis player in the world, with, of course, Alvarez coming up to challenge him, as we know. But um, this kid is a Buholtz High School boy. His dad was the coach and right there with Coach Sullivan uh, in the tennis. And he brought his father a national championship for the men's tennis at the University of Florida, which has never been done here in my memory. And um, then his son, the one now playing this afternoon, won the national singles title in men's tennis in in the college ranks, which is no small feat at all. And now is competing This is kind of interesting, as you know, Mindy, competing with kids who came up from the time they were little in the tennis camps Mm -hmm. and didn't go to college. And, you know, here our our fellow is making a statement about, well, it's another different way to do this. So Gainesville is a pretty heavy athletic town. And what we've been doing today is talking about yet one more component of it. Very essential component. That's kind of built out of a tragedy and turned a negative into a plus.
0: And I Um, have to say that also, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the, you know, the day the boys died, I felt like, and I think this, this is what got me through so much is that the community of Gainesville just wrapped their arms around my parents and I, we've been here pretty much our, my whole entire life. I think I moved here when I was four, went to the university of Florida Mm -hmm. Um, my parents still live in the same house that I grew up in. And I mean, just the outpour of support from everyone in this community and the baseball community. And my boys were very, very involved. So the whole really, I mean, Southeast, I got letters from, you know, families in England and Australia and California and Washington state that had read my story that their boys played baseball and i mean it's just it's been incredible and i'm so grateful and thankful for everyone in this community that has you know kept me going you know those first i mean it's hard every single day i'm not gonna lie but those you know those first couple days months weeks year is really hard and this community helped so 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 much i mean it's just it's a great place to live well we're proud to have you on the show we're proud to help support you (laughs) And uh, we'll continue to do that. Call
1: us anytime you need me. Okay. And, uh, we'll be happy to even give you another plug later on closer to the, to the event itself. So okay. you know, um, maybe a five, 10 minute plug and. Yep. I think
0: sponsorships in. go. I think we need to have all the sponsorships just because they come with so much, um, you know, recognition for each. Right. Group. So we, I think that ends probably the end of next week. That. We need to get all their logos and everything because it comes right, with a right. lot of I And sponsor yeah.
1: all that, those prices and everything are on the website. They're
0: that's all the on the Rex If you click Brody. on Brody. it, there's a def, you can buy an individual ticket or you can do a, you know, there's, I think, several, several lo- layer, I mean, levels of sponsorships. And so oh, that's great. Thanks for so, being on the
1: show. Thanks for stopping by with us. Thank so you so much for
0: having me. Keep this in people's
1: ears. So. We're going to take a break here, not at the bottom of the hour for our weather. me we'll right back from the Ward Got Files. on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. Tension, all Gator fans, Melden Law is giving away a chance to experience the Florida-Georgia game like never before. Two nights stay at the Hilton on the River, dinner at Ruth Chris Steakhouse, two premium tickets to the game, and a football signed by Coach Billy Napier, and much more. Go to the Meldon Law Facebook page and look for the VIP experience for two. Good luck and go Gators! This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files Premium Sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, Large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold Sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On-the-Spot Dry Cleaners, r Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com
0: Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can
1: we touch him? No, do Help me! Help! Help! Welcome back to Ward's Weather, brought to you by Lewis Oil Chevron Stations. Well, 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 a little cooler today, perhaps, I guess, incrementally. But really, it was very hot yesterday outside the Warhol Command Center. But we'll get through it. We'll get through it. But we do have hurricanes building up out in the Atlantic. Apparently, this big Cat 5 is going to go north and misses. But there are more waves coming across um, the Water. And they are something for us to keep our eye on. The big story really is in the Panama Canal. Now, the Panama Canal, normally at this time of the year, is about halfway through its rainy season, and it's one of the wettest countries in the world. But this year, and no doubt, it's got to be what? Say after me climate change. Well, it's having one of its driest seasons on record. Uh, this uh, canal, as you know, is a lifeblood for lock-driven operations, according to ACU, uh, weather that's covering this, uh, has had a lack of abundant rainfall. That's led to lower water levels, and it has affected, critically affected, international shipping. Uh, strict and uh, uh, very rigid restrictions on vessel weights and daily traffic. And this is where we have a direct impact on U.S. manufacturers. I mean, if we're going to buy all this stuff from China, et cetera, which is what our story is, you know, we don't have slavery here now, but we got slavery in other countries and we don't care about that. We don't have any writer yet in this country. unlike like the writers that stirred up sympathy for slavery pre-Civil War days here, stirring up sympathy for slavery in China or places like that where our manufacturing is done that supply us with the products that we wear and tote and sell and all that business that and that we steal. Um, But this is a place where the weather has really impacted a lot of things, Um, not only the waterway, which is affecting the flow of critical freight, but uh, it is uh, even affecting here, the Mississippi River. So um that's one of the reasons we have hurricanes. There is never an ill wind doesn't blow somebody a good. And these hurricanes replenish the water supply. It is supposed to be heavily raining in northeast part of the country today. And that's well and good. We need all that rain. The problem is we have built so many places without consideration for water that we have not anticipated nature being nature. Well, that's my little spiel for today, but that is the Panama Canal, and it is uh, being restricted restricted because of the shallow water. My, 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 what else can we do? Um, You know, yesterday, we discussed the LGBTQ, XYZ, I don't know what percentage of the culture those people represent. I've heard about 1%. But apparently, we know this the school boards have become uh, ground zero for this issue. You know, school boards used to be infinitely boring meetings. Um, Nothing really violent went on there. Nothing really intrusive into just districting and busing, and but now we've got a situation where we have these conversations about books and pronouns and bathrooms. I mean, who'd have thunk it? The Miami-Dade County School Board. Way into the night last night, into the wee hours of the morning, ultimately rejected a proposal to recognize October as LGBTQ+, plus. they've got a plus on that now, history month. It was a 13-hour contentious meeting that went into the early hours of Thursday, and there were more than 100 speakers who signed up to address uh, the board. The final vote was 5-3 and they that sank the plan. But who were the presenters? Parents, students, educators, advocates, nonprofit representatives. You know, you gotta wonder why they're not out there pounding the war drums for reading and writing. We covered a story where You know, little children who happen to be a quote-unquote color were told by teachers of color that they were doing poorly in basic reading and writing skills and math skills. Well, what happens? They get called racist. How dare you single these little children out? Well, I don't know what else you do. Now they wanted an entire month to recognize a population. And what's the issue? I don't, I don't get it. What's it got to do with education? Somebody help me with this. Now the proponents say that LGBTQ plus history should be recognized. In other words, I guess you're going to sign up or have to take in your school curriculum. A course on LGBTQ history. Why don't we have the same enthusiasm for algebra or business math or anything? How to write a check? Well, they don't do that anymore. So they argued that the recognition would provide, here we go, a welcoming, a welcoming atmosphere LGBTQ plus kids. Here, here's what I don't understand. Why do you have to talk about it? If you're LGBTQ plus, WXYZ, I guess, is what the plus stands for. Why do you have to go around talking about it? Why don't you just go to class and do the math? I'll guarantee you, I'll bet you, that if you were LGBTQ plus and you were the smartest kid in the class, that would be what would matter. The smartest kid in our class, in my high school, we all knew who it was. I mean, all this stuff that the teachers go through to try to figure out who the smartest kid is, we know who the smartest kid is. I mean, the smartest kid in my class didn't have a tan. The rest of us had a tan of some sort. This kid never went outside. He was studying all the time when we were doing something else. He wore shirts with collars. My God. He had a briefcase. I never carried a briefcase to school in my life. Inside that briefcase, I was always fascinated with it. I'm going to just tell you his first name. His first name was Byron. I'd never heard of a kid named Byron. So you know, wasn't Jim, wasn't Joe? So in that briefcase, which was a lock had little little latches on it, the kid had everything. In case something broke, he had several pens, several pencils, a pencil sharpener, kind of little thing you twist, protractors slide rules. Those I'm dating myself, but that's the way it was. Um his notebooks were color coded. He he didn't have to you know he had little tabs that told him where things were. And and I liked him. I liked him. I knew that he and I were about as different as we could possibly be. I mean I held the record nights nice in detention. I can't tell you how many times I had to write, I will not dip Sally's hair in the inkwell anymore, so to speak. I would always know, I always knew that if I came to class without something, I could borrow it from Byron. The night, By the way, his mother always brought him to school. Even when it wasn't raining, he never walked to school. I mean, he might have been gay. I don't know. Probably. What do I care? What the rest of us care? You go back to our high school and on the wall is his name. The number one kid in the class. Well, we knew that. We knew that ever since we saw him in the fifth grade. Nothing changed. And we knew we weren't going to be like him. That's the way he was. So I don't know what the big deal is here. Why all these tensions are so high at these packed meetings with backers and opponents? I think Byron would have been embarrassed by that. I don't think his mother cared. I don't think she would have brought his personal life to light at the school. Academics what matter. So now, of course, the villain in all this is Ron DeSantis, because he wants to emphasize material that's appropriate for children. And he wants parents to have a say-so in it. And, you know, one of the sad things about Trump sucking all the air out of the room is I really think Ron DeSantis would make a great president. But Trump has killed the primaries in both parties. And kill the contrast between the governor of California and DeSantis. California's nuts. They just voted for a month of LGBTQWXYZ. I mean, it's unbelievable. But we don't hear that anymore in this presidential race because we got all the focus on Biden and Trump. It's amazing. Um. I don't know what to tell you about it. It's, it's, uh, it's something that, um, well, even, you know, we, we have a story where there is a sorority that had in it, I don't know how this works, somebody transitioning from male to female, and the sorority girls wanted to boot that person out. I guess somebody must have voted on that person being in there. I don't think you just crashed the party and become part of the sorority. Maybe the higher ups told the girls that, Hey, you got to let this person in because we know that the lawyers run everything. You know, I don't want to pick on the liars, but The world would be a hell of a lot better place without them because a lot of the time they do nothing but stir up trouble. They got to stir up trouble. That's how they make money. They make money off of other people's trouble. And I think you could tell that a lot of them help create that trouble. So I don't know what to tell you. I mean, come on. Enough is enough. Um, meanwhile as I said yesterday the University of Florida which the Wall Street Journal says is the best bang for the book public institution only used equity diversity and inclusion as about 10% of its overall evaluation for what it wanted to emphasize as degree seeking at the university, when the current Republican president became the president, you remember that the students almost hanged themselves in misery. I mean, they couldn't believe it. They wanted back to the old way of doing things. Um, When I came to the University of Florida in 1961, We had a course called Americanism versus Communism. We all took it, you had to take it. Meanwhile, we got that buoy battle in Texas with the Rio Grande and we got the New York City mayor screaming enough, I can't take it anymore. He actually said yesterday that the immigrants were going to ruin permanently New York City. And guess who he blamed? He blamed the Texas governor for sending Texas's misery to New York. You don't blame the Texas governor. You blame Biden. And you know he's going to get away with that. Biden's going to get away scot-free without having to take the responsibility for ruining New York. Who is ruining New York? Well, the person ruining New York is Biden. It's not the Texas governor. We're crying out loud. Are you serious? You cannot be serious. Um, Just looking at some of the news coming in now. um, Do you know that in California, California is kind of the armpit of the universe. Gavin Newsom has a $360 million plan to revamp San Quentin. He wants to transform San Quentin prison uh, into uh, a school. Let me look at what he's trying to do. He's got a 21-member advisory council To come up with a new function for San Quentin. The whole purpose of San Quentin was to get the bad guys out of our culture. Well, what are we doing? We're trying to sanitize the bad guys so we don't have to have a place to put them. And we're trying to believe, we've talked ourselves into believing that the mentally ill, And the people with the criminal mentalities, oh, they just need to be understood. They just, hey, talk to the elementary school teachers. They know darn good and well when the little children come to class at five and six years of age, what they're going to turn out to be. They already see it. The pattern's there. And yet, PTA meetings, emphasis on a family reading to your child at home, Um, Dr. Ira Gordon, who died unfortunately at the age of 55 or so, who was an education professor, who was Ira Gordon, uh, uh, was Gary Gordon's father. Ira Gordon was known for saying, hey, if you read to your child at a very young age, they'll do better in school. Initially, believe it or not, the professional educators didn't want to accept that as a sound study. But after a while, they began to accept it as a sound research project with real advocacies that make a difference. Who would have thought that that would have to be challenged if you read aloud to your child before the child even knows what you're doing, the child becomes fascinated with what's coming out of your mouth. The elementary school teachers tell me that we've got kids from troubled homes, let's put it that way, if there is a home, who come to school don't even know their last name. They've never even been called by their last name. Um, Meanwhile, the maximum security prison, San Quentin, is now being outfitted to look more like a dorm room, has furniture and chairs and desks, as opposed to the cells. This is all a project in California to not make the jail a jail. Just at state expense. My God, let's give them a more homey atmosphere while we lock the murderers and the people up are the most dangerous in our culture. Um, It's ironic. It's really beyond ironic. Um, This is the governor pushing this. And initially, according to the Washington Examiner article, lawmakers from both sides laughed at this. They thought, what are you trying to do? Make it into the, I don't know, Hotel California or whatever? I guess this is the Hotel California, turning San Quentin into a cushy motel, basically. This is all part of how we've got the world flipped upside down. It's, I don't know, Alice in Wonderland, what comes to mind to explain it, how we got the world flipped upside down. But if you want to see it in profound Color, I would be careful I use that word, rather than black and white, which was the old distinction for television. And I can remember the day uh, my father said, well, first of all, I can remember the day my mother said, boy, your father's got a surprise for you guys. Well, we couldn't guess what it was. Well, it turned out to be a TV set. First TV set we'd ever seen. And my mother said, now he got a TV set with doors that close in front of the TV because he's afraid you all will kick a ball through the TV. Oh, well, okay. That was the first TV we ever watched. It was in the 50s, very early, by 1950. Then after a while, things got really exciting years later. Color TV. Really? The original TVs were black and white. And I remember going with my father Around the corner, I didn't know what he was doing to a neighbor's house. And there a guy was sitting in the dark looking at a box which had a tiny little black and white image in it. And this guy had put a magnifying apparatus over the tiny little black and white image to make it so you could see it more. And I remember sitting there with my father watching this. I mean, what the heck is this? Never seen it. Next thing I know, you know, we got our own TV. Much more modern than that. So maybe that's the instrument. After a while, it got blamed for breaking up the family meal. And we got TV trays. So everybody could sit in front of the TV rather than be around the dinner table and watch TV from a TV tray. Huh? And then after that, it kind of eroded to anybody could eat whenever he or she wanted to because you picked times when it didn't interfere with your favorite program. And now we've got to sit. Look at where we are now. I mean, that really was artificial intelligence back then, wasn't it? Wasn't that artificial intelligence? So now we've got everybody carrying around in his hand or her hand or higher hand. I guess we have to include now the LGBTQWXYZs. The whole world. And God knows what that's done to the family. Well, right of time, support Rex and Brody. Uh, the information is on the Ward Scott Files podcast page, as well as my personal page. Uh, tune in at 3 o'clock today to see our local athlete on the world, well, on the world stage, the actual world stage. Have a great weekend. Warnall Command Center out we <laughs>